0: Welcome to the Boo Lucker Podcast. I'm Moose Lundstrom.
1: And I'm Christine Casto.
0: Now, this isn't a normal podcast we're doing today. No. This is actually a uh, first. We're actually doing a special episode for Halloween. Oh, Spook Fest. Spook Fest, because I love this kind of stuff. I've been talking about this for like a year doing a podcast. Um, There was four of us, but Christine had to kill the other two just to get in the spirit, of course. Uh,
1: Hey gotta steal the spotlight somehow so, you know, and
0: that's just a joke by the way if they're really dead then we got nothing to do with it so
1: no no never seen him before right, I'm a
0: little bummed Dency couldn't be here because Dency gets so into this she doesn't like supernatural stuff but she gets freaked out easily by it she gets the she gets the uh the the, uh, the willies pretty easy so. oh
1: god darn it
0: so what we're gonna do with this podcast is i reached out to everybody that's done the podcast over the past well ever and uh, to see if anyone had any kind of supernatural stories, and I had quite a few people actually get a hold of us. So, yeah. And so we have a few uh, videos recorded. We're going to go over today. We're going to talk about a little bit. Um. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of people that did offer to do it that I couldn't hook up with. So maybe part two coming. So if you have a Halloween story or a supernatural story you'd like to tell, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. And uh, maybe we'll make another one of these.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun.
0: It'll be fun. It'll so, be fun. Um. All right. all right. Are you ready? You want to start?
1: Yeah, let's do this. We're
0: going to start with your story. Okay. Um, We'll play the video right here, and then we'll talk about what I've done.
1: Okay, so um, about 10 years ago when I uh, managed the Elks, I went in one morning to um, do my liquor and inventory ordering, and I usually go in early when nobody's in the lodge at all. And I was down in my office in the basement, and I could hear kids running across the floor upstairs in the hall um that people would run out and I was just like what in the world and then and then I thought well this secretary must have brought his kids to work with them and they are up there just running around and playing so i got my gathered my stuff to go upstairs to take my um inventory and whatnot and i usually put my purse down on the floor underneath the edge of the desk but this day, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just set it in the chair that nobody ever sat in in my office unless somebody came in to rent the hall. So I went upstairs to do my inventory. And as I was going up the stairs, I all of a sudden the noise stopped. The kids weren't running around. It was just all of a sudden quickly quiet. And I was just like, wow, that's weird. And so I got upstairs to the, the hall and... There were no kids up there. There wasn't anybody up there. And the secretary's door was still locked. And I was like, oh, well, I must've missed him on the way while I was going up the stairs. They must've already gone down and out the front door. So I collected my stuff, did my thing and made sure that I shut all the lights off on my way out, went downstairs back to my office. And as I was going into my office door, I could just feel this cold breeze just go like past me as I was going in the door and I was like, what the world? But I didn't really think too much about it until I sat down at my desk and turned in my purse and all of the contents of it were strewn across the room like somebody had just thrown my purse out of the chair and, and it was just everywhere. So that was my experience. Um, I was the only one in the club that day. And nothing was missing from my purse or anything. It was just dumped out like it was, like I had sat it, where it wasn't supposed to be sat. And so I um needless to say, never ever went in again by myself early in the mornings to do my inventory.
0: So the Oaks Lodge was, uh, I've heard that before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I... um I tried looking up anything on the Elks Lodge just to find out there's something there. I, um, and to be clear, I never seen anybody or any ghosts, but I sure felt their presence. And it was it was quite a um, creepy thing, to say the least.
0: So Cheryl uh, Rupel, I believe, was the, the manager, Not before, well, before you, but I don't know, right before yeah. you, but... Um, she had made mention in, like, a joking manner that there's somebody else in there, you know. So there's actually, and we, I looked all over. I couldn't find anything on the Elks Lodge that uh, that was haunted. But we've heard rumors that there was, it was a hospital at one point in time.
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard rumors that they used that for a makeshift hospital. There was some outbreak, and I don't recall what, but that they just housed and used it for, like, an infirmary right. for hundreds of people right and so i'm sure along those lines there were deaths there kind of like
0: uh back in the day when the tuberculosis uh outbreaks happened and a lot of people well estes uh the stanley and estes is actually founded by the guy uh, looking to cure his tuberculosis with fresh air Wow! so a lot of them came to colorado because that was the heat the main, it was exactly. fresh air was the main cure right right um so it could be what really happened if you actually uh, have any information on that Or can enlighten us or point us to the right article, I'd love to read it and I'll make sure to pass it to Christine, you know, because I'd be curious about it. I'm
1: very curious. You know. There was actually something there. Yeah. So I'm very, very curious as to what. Right. It just went through your purse. Yeah, it rummaged. Was, it, was, it was a burglar, a ghost burglar, the worst uh, kind. So yeah. I just set it in the wrong place. You don't sit in that chair. Right. And you don't put your things in my chair. Right.
0: And I've heard that, that they're very territorial at times. You know, they don't. Yeah. It depends whether they like you or not. I don't know. So
1: Well, I got out of there alive, so it must like me. <laughs> you, must be, you must be all right.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, that was a great story, Christine. Um, and before we go on any further, I do want to say we're at the Club Taproom right now, so uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, check out the club tap room down here all the links will be below as long as pinging out barbecue which you guys do yes. a catering service so please make sure you check that out and support them also there is a brush art center which most some of these have uh, been recorded at I'm going to give them a credit Robert Gifford you're the man he's the owner and operator yes. of the brush art center very good yes. dude and he's got a next story coming up um, but their link to their stuff will be in the description please go support that local business it's something very unique to the area and something very cool so please make yes. sure you check it out Speaking of Robert Gifford, uh, he had a story, uh, our next story up. Uh, This one, when I reached out to everybody, he got a hold of me and says, well, I kind of have a story. I don't know if it's what you're looking for. And he told me the story, and I'm like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. So uh, here's Robert Gifford's story.
2: Well, I'm going to share a story uh, from when I was younger and had a demonic encounter or two. I was 26 years old and I was working in Denver for a large company at a restaurant uh, as a bar manager. Started out as a bartender and ended up being a bar manager there. The head manager of the place and three other of these same restaurants um, was a self proclaimed satanic worshiper, and uh, I won't give you her name, but she uh, always wore the goat head pentagram around her neck and you know would invite you to various things um, none of which I attended but she was always working on me Um, at the same time I was dating a a young lady who I ended up marrying many years later um, that actually was a Christian and I had zero uh, real Christian upbringing Um, you know I had Santa Claus and jesus and the easter bunny and the resurrection all it was all i just thought they were all just stories and i didn't know anything really honestly about it but uh she started telling me about god and peace and all these different things and i was a searcher i had done uh, transcendental meditation and um, my sister had dabbled in witchcraft and i was doing the same thing and uh, reading the tibetan book of the dead and trying to practice a little bit of narcomancy which is you know where you try to talk to the dead and anyway scary stuff but um, wasn't that scary to me at the time but it ended up being scary when I started hearing and understanding um, some of the truth of the gospel that my girlfriend was uh, telling me you know just cut to the chase here one night I was alone in our little house in downtown Denver my sister and I lived down there and um, I when I went to bed, I just sat on the edge of the bed, and suddenly the room filled. It was almost like you could just sense a tangible presence. It was, um, I don't know how else to describe it. It was very real. It was just, I, I couldn't see anything, but you could feel the presence in there. And, and it was terrifying, literally. Uh, I'm not a one to get scared particularly, but... Um, this was terrifying. And I, I pulled myself up onto the bed, and I, I had the distinct um, impression that if I got out of bed and stepped on that floor, it was going to kill me. And, I mean, it was life and death kind of thing, and it may sound ridiculous, but it, it was very, very real. And um, I called my girlfriend, and uh, she says, Do you have a Bible? And I happened to have a Bible. It was underneath my, uh, sorry, underneath my table stand, and... Uh, Trying to level off the end table, <laughs> I was using it as a wedge. But anyway, um, I pulled it out, and she had told me to read. Um, sorry, read Psalm uh, twenty-three, and so I, I read it, and I was going through. It. And as I pulled out the Bible, the phone went dead. And um, she, on her side of the phone, she tried to call me several times. I tried to call her back several times, and the line was just dead. Um, I went to reach over to. <clears throat> the light switch and all the lights go out and here i am in this very dark little house um, creepy already because it was an old house um, and terrified just absolutely terrified and i fell asleep that night with the bible across my chest and that was it sounds ridiculous but that's the only thing i believe that got me through that night and kept me safe Uh, a couple of days later we had a uh, a woman pastor come in um, who was um, not an exorcist but that was familiar with these types of things and she came in with holy water and she had me get rid of all kinds of um, paraphernalia and books and different things that we had in the house and uh, some of the spell books and different things particularly she wanted burned and we burned a bunch of stuff in the fireplace and um, I had this bong, which I had had since I'd been in the military and uh, loved it. It was a Cobra and it was, it it had a lot of good parties on it. And anyway, make a long story short, um, she said, you got to get rid of that thing. And uh, I took it and I threw it up in the air out in the backyard and it came crashing down in the alley behind the house. And when it crashed, there was literally a scream, like a murderous scream as that snake uh, bong broke apart, which, hey, this is a true story. Um, no explanation for that at all, but again, you know, chills up your spine and your hair raises up on your head and uh, goosebumps the whole bit. Um, my sister, I, I moved out of the house right after that, uh, and but my sister stayed there. She was a nurse and uh, had uh, worked at one of the hospitals in Denver, and um, she was... In the shower, we had an old claw foot tub in there and it had one of the shower curtains that goes on a ring around the top of the bathtub and she's in the shower, somebody grabs her, throws her against the wall, start beating her up and by the time she got um, out of the shower curtain and there was no one in the room and the door was still locked and so was the window. So there was absolutely no one in there and yet you know, she'd been beat up and even had bruises um and then, later that same day, she was trying to open the window that was stuck, and it was just happened to be above the toaster that we had and the toaster flamed up and caught her hair on fire and um rate, anyway, to say that she was freaked out, it was to say the very least But very anyway, very very real um i think I think it was because I was maybe switching sides, so to speak, <laughs> and uh somebody just wasn't happy about it a uh, few days later um this manager of the baby of the restaurant that I was working in uh, came driving up I was waiting again for my girlfriend who's now my wife who worked in one of the other restaurants down below us and uh, when she came by that exact same spirit whatever demon or whatever that was came upon me right in the car and and again I just I knew I was gonna die I just I just knew it it was um, terrifying and there's it was so real I can't I can't even describe it to you. Um, but at any rate, all of a sudden, these words start coming out of my mouth. And I had no idea what it was, just gibberish. And um, as I spoke them, it literally started to drive back that presence. And the more I realized what was going on, the more I, and I spoke it and the louder I spoke it. And later on, um, talking to that, again, that woman pastor that had come in with the holy water... She said that that was a gift of tongues to, you know, a prayer to God, you know, that I didn't understand but that God did and at any rate, it pushed that back. So, just saying. This stuff is real.
0: Do you remember what
2: the words were? Absalababa, which I looked up some different dialects and it's almost a a lot of um, Arabic and different type dialects. It's like it's like daddy or father or, um, you know, so here I am. I, I mean, I don't speak any other language, and you know, and I had no, I didn't, I didn't even know there was such a thing as tongues, you know, much less that there was a gift or anything in the Bible about it. It was just, it just came and, uh, and it worked. And, and I can tell you this, time I've ever been afraid ever since, I remember those same words <laughs> and it, it always brings me peace, which is crazy, but it's true.
0: Thank you, brother. You're welcome. So yeah,
2: so I looked a little bit
0: of it up um, about the tongues. And it appears many times in the New Testament, yes, a, a few different times. Uh, and uh, Corinthians fourteen two. Uh, it's a holy language that nobody is familiar with in the room, basically. So uh, it's a gift from the Holy Ghost in the yeah. Bible, and that it's to ward off or to bring peace, whatever. Um, so kind of, kind of crazy when he told me that story and I was like, that's exactly what I'm looking for,
1: Rob. Right. That is, um, I've sat in church and there were ladies that could, would always speak in tongues and it was like, what in the world? It is, it is a sight.
0: So if you look it up online, there's a lot of places that say uh, it's easy to do kind of stuff. So I don't know if it's like a meditation type
1: of thing or what the deal is. I think it just comes to you from the Holy spirit. Yeah. It, it's not something you can practice or something. You right. And it, it's just there or it isn't.
0: It was super wild that it came to him at that point. And, and it also, in my research that I did on it, that it does, the person speaking it doesn't even understand what they're saying. No, they have no idea. Yeah. What but there's they're just start speaking a different language. So pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Um, when he told me that story, I was just like, wow, that's a, that's a crazy story, Rob. So he's a really, he's an interesting cat. He's a, he's a good dude. So, and that was, that was filmed at the brush art center. So thank you, Rob Gifford for giving us that opportunity there as well as here. So, uh, that was a great story though. I, I very much enjoyed it, you know, um, ready for the next one. Yep. Next one is a, uh, one of your bartenders actually, who has a lot to do with this. So, uh, she, she could have told me story after story after story, but she, she chose this one, so here we go. This, this one's Alyssa uh, Anderson. This was uh, filmed at the Club Tap Room. Yes, so.
3: it's about I want to say 1993. I'm about eight years old. Me and a few friends uh, go to the swimming pool. We have my little sister with us, so that means she's probably about three years old. Come back to my house on Latham Ave, and My parents are gone, never told us they were leaving, and uh, we're all a little weirded out because their kids are supposed to be staying with us. No one's home, so we're sitting on the front porch, not wanting to go inside just so we don't get in trouble while they're gone. Um, Sitting there talking on the porch, and all of a sudden we hear whispering, and the whispering's coming through the open window in the living room so we're peeking through the windows trying to see if maybe mom is there she's just not answering she's not uh peek inside and i start walking through the house and as i'm walking through the house the uh, living room tv turns on it's one of those old box tvs so there's no remote tv just pops on i go running out of the house and i'm telling the kids about the tv coming on and they don't believe me so we're we go to the backyard we're checking out the backyard my dog's back there running around. We hear talking coming from my parents' bedroom window. And they're like, no, your mom's there. No, no, she's not. Just went and looked. So, they're like, well, let's go in and see. Well, I'm not going in. That TV just turned on. So, we grab my huge Rottweiler that's in the backyard. And we take her in with us. And we're searching the house. And we go down into the basement. And the basement has nothing but boxes. And we're all creeped out, going down there as it is. So going down there now, hearing voices, makes it even creepier. So we're going down the stairs, and I just let my dog go. And she's sniffing around and gets to the corner. And all these boxes fall on top of her. She starts yelping and running up the stairs. We start yelping and running. (laughs) Well, not yelping, but running. And go flying out of the house. Later that night, I'm in bed. And something wakes me up, and I roll over, and I have a ghost standing there, and it's half a body. He's in a, uh, like, army uniform, and it's just half his, the top half torso. And I roll over, creeped out, and on the other side is the other, the bottom half. I took off screaming out of that room into my mom's room and refused to stay in my room for about two or three months. How
4: oh, so long uh, 10 years.
3: No. Uh No. That was probably like three years in. And then after that, I saw ghosts all the time. Every night when I'd wake up, there'd be a different something different standing around my bed. What
2: town was
3: it? Evans. Okay.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of crazy out in the middle of, no. well, we're just it in Greeley. Greeley, right? Evans, you're correct. Evans
1: area. Um,
0: she never gave us the address to kind of no. look it up to see if something were having in the house or
1: not. No, but for, I don't know, I, um, with the dog, they, your pets seem to see stuff we don't see. Well, they have heightened senses, for sure. Yeah, so, so um, being a kid, oh, I would have probably never, ever <laughs> gone back in the house. No, I, I... I don't care who's in the house, I'm not going back in. Right,
0: I, uh, I take signs from up above sometimes, and I had this said to me twice. Uh, Robert actually told me this when we were talking about this, uh, filming his uh, his up uh, or his video, and then a, a ghost show I watched said this that when you research it, or you really look into it, you invite it in, Ooh. like it starts looking back at you. So mm. I, I kind of backed off of the travel channel yeah. for a while, you know,
1: because <laughs> we're not looking in. <laughs> no, I mean this stuff <laughs> no. fascinates
0: me, but I don't want it living with me, you no, know. No. So yeah, kind of crazy. And she said that ten years they lived in the house.
1: Yeah, that's she said that it was. There that she had had several other things go on through the years. I I would have probably slept with my mother until the day we sure, moved out. Sure, <laughs> sure, like, I would have never slept in my own room again.
0: But then again, do you get used to it? I mean, if they don't ever hurt you, if they don't ever...
1: Yeah, I, I guess you kind of tell yourself that, well, oh, did I really see that, feel that? Right. Right. Um, Or was I just being a Sally, you know, and, and you kind of talk yourself, you can talk yourself into a lot of things and talk yourself out of a lot of things. So, um, I I don't know how you would get through that one as a child.
0: I don't know. Uh, And Alyssa seems pretty well adjusted. You yeah, know she, she doesn't yeah, seem like she's yeah i don't think it messed her up too bad yeah yeah she's not i <laughs> should be killing people on the side for all we know she's just getting lists and if <laughs> i'm not kidding i love you oh, crap. love you, hon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh most definitely that is something that sticks with you and she also was telling a story about a boyfriend she lived with in greeley yeah uh because that this also happened that she discovered and uh and I have a firm belief that it can follow you. It can attach to you. They can attach to you and follow you. You know. Yeah, so.
1: that that's like I think the scariest thing for me of right. of any um, supernatural ghost story, whatever you want to call it, is right. the fear of taking it home yeah. with me. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and one day it's, it's probably like having like mice or cockroaches. Like one day you see something you're like shit. Now they're here. You know, like now how to get here. rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Cats. definitely some crazy <laughs> stuff and uh, to be such a young young age um yeah and if there's time we're gonna try and play her other video too about the oh, uh, bar in town That yeah she she definitely has some stuff with so yeah. great story Lissa. thank you very much that one was actually filmed here at the club tackle yes. so thank you for doing that Lissa. uh next story we have uh Lori boyer now this one was filmed on the actual podcast yes. in the Sand Theater, which the Sand Theater is creepy as hell. Um, <laughs> uh, they, it's been re, they're remod- remodeling it right now, and they've done a good job, from what I understand. Um, but I, I used to be creeped out when I'd be there alone, setting this up or taking it down. Right. Uh, I did not. I did not feel. I felt uneasy, and I don't do that very often. Right. You know, like I could be in this bar by myself and be fine. It wouldn't bother me at all. But for some reason, that that Sand cedar there's something
1: me. uneasy about
0: right. it. Right. But she came in and uh, she actually, we have, a, we have a, a Stanley story later on. And one of her stories was a Stanley story. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went to go see the, the room number and get some information and she didn't remember it. But I forgot about this this story. She called it a middle schooler's Halloween, which seemed like oh. such a cute little story. Yeah. Yeah. And Trick or treat. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> Let's actually play the video right now and check this out. This is Lori yeah. Boyer's uh, Middle Schoolers Halloween. of right.
5: So this I have to rack my memory for. So I had to think about this a little bit. And I'm not going to have every single detail because I, I was in sixth grade. I'm not in sixth grade anymore. Mm. i our out of school.
6: It it's been a while. while.
5: Yeah. Eighth I grade. Yeah. So I'm an, I graduated from Lafayette, Colorado. And so this was at the middle school, which no longer exists. Of course, it's all brand new now. you of course. know. But anyway, so I was in middle school. I was in sixth grade. I went over, and it was around Halloween. I don't think it was on Halloween, because I don't recall us going trick-or-treating or dressing up. But it was when all the Halloween movies came out. Mm. And at that time, like, Chucky was big. Oh,
0: like the... Michael Myers Halloween? Yes. Okay, okay.
5: okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Friday the 13th, Chucky. All of the, the Halloween big, movies. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Am like I just scary in general. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's when those were all just coming out. So you know it was Halloween time. Yes. Plus those were newer back then. Right. And my parents did not want me to watch those kinds of movies, so I had to go to my friends to watch them. Of course. So I go to a sleepover and, you know, we're kind of being sneaky because we're watching these movies. Her mom was working. She had a single mom. Or she lived with a single mom household. The mom was working, the brother was there. He was older. He was a teenager. I don't. I don't want to say sixteen or so. Her room was in the basement, and his ba- his bedroom was upstairs. So we're in her basement, and things are going fine. And she has all these dolls and stuffed animals. I just have to throw that in. I'm gonna come. That will come back in a okay. minute. Okay. So I remember sitting on the floor, we had pillows and blankets and popcorn and all the middle school snacks, you know, you have down there and we're happily watching movies and they're scary because I was kind of sheltered from that kind of stuff. Sure. So to me, I was like freaked out. I still don't love them, especially because I associate those movies with this. And we're watching these movies. Well, and we were kind of out in the living room area and then her bedroom was also in the basement. So at one point, she's like, hey, let's go hang out in our bedroom for a little while. Or in her bedroom for a little while. I'm like, OK, cool. And she's shown me stuff or whatever. Well, in the meantime, there had been a couple of dolls sitting out in the hallway that were hers. And she pointed out the dolls as we were walking by. And OK, cool, whatever. And I don't remember if she stepped out or not, to be honest with you. But we went back to watch movies. And those dolls were all rearranged. <laughs> you know i'm like whatever but she kind of points it out you know and i'm like okay so you're just trying to scare me you're just right, trying to scare me right. but here's here's part of the weird part is she got this dark look on her face that just changed this was probably my first experience with some of those things you were talking about demons or whatever okay Dark eyes, and her whole demeanor just changed. But I'm young, so I'm I don't know any better.
0: And She's your age.
5: Yeah, she's my age. We're the same age. We're both okay. in middle school. I can't remember. Had her you name. known her a while before all this? I did, but I'd never s- spent the night at her right. house. Okay, and I okay. hadn't had a lot of sleepovers. So, right. But I remember she had curly hair, and her eyes just got dark. Like just the whole demeanor changed of her. Just the whole thing.
0: Like black eyes, like like
5: like dark dark eyes okay yeah so we go back out we're watching a few movies and then of course girls can't you know you can't sit still that long when you're in sixth grade and we go back Uh, lo and behold those damn dolls were all rearranged again moved around i swear i'd never saw her move them really weird well we're back in her room and we're talking and giggling and the next and i told you she kind of had changed but we're giggling but it's weird giggle and she had she pulls out a knife yeah what? she pulls no. out a knife okay but she's not threatening me with a knife she's just pulling it out waving <laughs> around and flicking it and like i'm naive enough oh, i
6: hate her what is yeah what?
5: so i'm pretty naive still at this age you know and i had like i said i've been sheltered i don't have a lot of sleep over. i didn't i was like okay she's got a knife whatever <laughs> she wasn't <laughs> doing got a anything blade. like <laughs> like she wasn't doing anything with it not looking back now i should have been scared well yeah but she's not really doing much with it. But she's walking around with this knife. Big knife. <laughs> like go... a, a, a legit butcher yeah. knife.
0: Like Crocodile Dundee knife? Yeah, is that like, what she...
5: Well, not that big. It's not no, like a knife. This is yeah. a knife. Like out of a knife block. One of the bigger knives. Okay. <laughs> it was in a room? Yes. It was in a room. What? So we go back out to watch some more movies. And we're, I'm sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor. And she was... <laughs> she was kind of lounging laid back so but the next thing i know she's standing over me with a knife over my head <laughs> she was standing and i was like should i be scared you know i'm like what the hell is you know again i'm i'm dumb you're in sixth grade you have to remember back to that your brain right. isn't really right developed you... enough to realize you're in danger
0: right right you're you're you feel safe with a friend yeah
5: I think, you know, is she just playing with me or <laughs> what? Scaring me because we're scary movies. Funny. You know, I'm yeah, naive. Yeah. She probably knew I was naive. But I had told, remember, I told you her demeanor was different by now. Right. Okay, so I don't know. We move around or what have you. And we go back upstairs to get something. I turn around and she was holding the knife up to my neck. The fuck? But she didn't push it on me. She just was holding it up there and I was like, pushed her off me a little bit. Right. I didn't know her brother, but I knew her brother was home. So I go knocking on his door. I'm like, your sister's batshit. This is before cell phones, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no, there's no cell phones. Of okay. Course. In sixth grade, for me, there was no cell phones. It right. was old phones, you know. I don't, I don't think it was a dial, but one of those push. How uh-huh. far are
0: you from your house right now?
5: About 15, 10 miles. I lived out oh. in the country. Oh. She oh. lived in town. I
0: still, I still walked.
5: Okay. So, you, I couldn't just pull out a phone and. Sure. Or a knife and fight back. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you don't just. I, you can't just whip out a cell phone like you now. Right. can you right. either dial 911 or recorder, one of the two. I couldn't do that at the time. Right, right. So, I go knocking on his door. Well, the video games weren't what they are now, but that's when Mario first came out. Sure, sure. Nintendo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Nintendo. So, he's in there playing Nintendo. And, and I. Knock, knock, knock. And he didn't want me to come in. He's like, leave me alone. And I'm like, help. (laughs) I need your help. Well, he ended up opening the door. And I'm like, I can't remember her name. I think I've tried to, I think mentally I've blocked some of this out, to be honest with you. I'm like, she's holding a knife to me. I need help. I need help. Well, he kind of, he was pissed off that I had interrupted his game. Right. Well, she comes up behind me and she's all sweet. Like. What's wrong? Like that whole demeanor thing changed back.
7: <laughs> so she's
5: like, What are you talking about? So of course he thinks I'm free. He's like, get the hell out of my room and leave me alone. So we go back out to the kitchen. We're upstairs now, right? And so the knife is gone. Now there's a rope. What?
8: <laughs>
5: <laughs> she switches back to demony. And at first, she's holding that rope, dangling it over my head. And it wasn't in a noose, but she was like this <laughs> over my head. I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble now. And this is the middle of the night now. OK, so I'm at a sleepover. So, you know, I don't know how many hours in I am. Right, right. And we're not watching movies. <laughs> right. She's just like, she's, she's just messing with she's you now. Uh, yeah, she's dangling a what rope over my head. What are you saying to her? What, what are your words? I kept telling her, what is wrong with you? What is wrong? I kept saying this over and over. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? She didn't answer me. She didn't reply. (laughs) I'm not kidding. She didn't reply. So I go back to the brother's room. (laughs) I go back to the brother's room. Help, 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 help. He wouldn't answer the door because he's like, get the hell out of here. You know, you're my sister's little friend. You guys are bugging me. What is wrong with you? Right. Well, I turn around, and I'm in the hallway, and she's trying to tie me up. She grabs my hands. She's trying to tie me up. What? Yeah, and I'm fighting her. I'm like, no, no. And I kept going, what is wrong with you? Well, all my belongings were in the basement. So I was like, I've got to get my belongings and get out of here. But my mom wasn't picking me up till the next morning, and I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't know where her phone was at. I'm like, what am I going to do? Run to the neighbors? And that is actually what I was, what I was going to do. But in my mind, I needed to go get my step. Right, I need to go get my right. my clothes yeah. and my yeah. I'm a yeah. girl. I needed my stuff. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? And so at one point, I did run out in the front yard because I was like, I need to go. Did I need she help. chase you? Like, no. So she gets all sweet again. Once we're outside, she's all sweet again. But I'm like, I need to <laughs> go get help fuck? from the neighbor. And so I asked when she was sweet again. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? We're supposed to be friends. You know, you're trying to hurt me and. What is wrong with you? And she's like, what are you talking about? We're having fun. And I'm like, uh, 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 I'm telling you, she was literally, she was mental. Or right. or, 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 I don't know. Maybe she was possessed. Right. So I didn't run to the neighbors like I was going to. I went back in the house. The rest of the night was okay. What? Yeah. She didn't do anything else. We watched movies, but I sat there freaked out. Did
4: you so. sleep at all? No. Well, I was no. Gonna say.
5: So finally, you know, then daybreak comes and I had my stuff and I was out waiting on the porch for my mom. Hell yeah! So did you tell your mom what happened? No, I never told my mom. She, she watches never. this. She's gonna be surprised. No, I never told an I never told an adult what happened.
0: So that's Lori Boyer's uh, story, and you know yeah. the reason I really liked that story and it freaked me out the most is because uh, supernatural things are very scary—ghosts or whatever. Uh, humans are scarier.
1: Yes. Right. Yes. And and if you ever thought middle school girls were mean,
0: right? Oh my! What well, if they're possessed?
1: Yeah, that there was something with that family. <clears throat> and I
0: wondered, and if you watch that—that's episode forty-one of the Bullhucker, by the way. You can go back, and she's got a great Stanley story as well. There, she told that was in November of last year, right after Halloween. I was so what? bummed out she wasn't there it's before like, Halloween. Oh, it it. Was so good for Halloween for Lori Boyer, but. Um, the stories for me is interesting because is that little girl possessed or is she mentally unstable? Like, is there something going on with her? What
1: was the, that, that was one that we'll never know.
0: Yeah. No, like a Dahmer almost thing. Like there's something just wrong with them, you know? And yeah, but the dark eyes she talks about and the demeanor and just was she, was she, uh, testing boundaries with Lori?
1: You know, good question there is because, um, it, for that little girl's demeanor to be the way it was right uh, that's just creepy it is creepy just creepy because kids are supposed to be innocent right and, and that was absolutely well just bizarre
0: right right and that, it, it just with the rope and the knife and that's just that's overboard you know and, that's extreme yeah and you can tell Lori super extreme grew up with a, with a good household with, you know yeah. just a She's a good. She was a good kid, you know. So I, yeah, I don't know. You'll never know. And I, she kind of blocked a lot of it out. And when she told Dency and I on this podcast about this, I remember Dency and I had a conversation. Like I think we're the first person, first that people she's that she's told us told
1: that story. Yeah. Because-
0: so yeah. I actually called her last night and made sure it was okay if I re-aired this,
1: yeah, this I'm, story. I'm yeah, because I'm sure that was pretty traumatic. Yeah, it was It was crazy. But, very traumatic. But
0: uh, by far one of my favorite stories to be told on this podcast so far. Uh, yeah. Just because how real is that story. That's Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, so that's also episode 41 if you want to go back and check out Lord Boyer. So yeah. uh, the whole episode is really great. So Yeah, that was. Um, our next one uh, is actually uh, your brother-in-law. Rick, <laughs> Rick. Stroh. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's actually let's play the video right now. Check it out. Here's Rick Stroh. And this one was actually filmed at the Club Tappan as yes. well. So here's Rick Stroh.
4: All right. So this, this starts about uh, roughly 20 years ago when uh, me and a couple guys were in our single psychosis, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, we used to get bored doing things here in town or tempting fate, uh, hanging out at too many bars. And we used to uh, cruise around the county and look for abandoned houses or abandoned buildings and just kind of walk through. And it's kind of crazy. There's a lot of old abandoned houses and farms around town. I mean, they technically belong to somebody, so we're trespassing. But you wander through, and it's kind of a glimpse into history. In the past, we had found houses and and homes with literally looked like people just packed up and left in a hurry. remember finding old newspapers from Fort Morgan, and from the 70s, the 60s. Finding people's checkbooks. It's crazy, some of the stuff you find. But anyway, we used to, uh, like I said, cruise around. I remember they, a large group of people in Fort Morgan know about Adena School out south of town. And uh, it's an old abandoned school. It looks just like one of the grade schools here in Fort Morgan, but just abandoned. Like, literally, everybody just packed up and left it. It's actually, last I saw, it, it's been years, obviously, but um, it's in fairly good condition. And it belongs to some folks because if you wander through there and you get too loud, people come chasing you out of there. Well, south of there is an old town, I I guess, is Adina. And there's a church and a uh, post office. And I guess when you're kind of going for a booze cruise and you're you're single and you've got a couple girls with you, it used to be kind of fun to go wander through the uh, church and the cemetery and... See if you could scare yourself, or see what was out there. So, uh, my buddy Donnie Urich said, "Hey, let's cruise out to the church." And we uh, got to the church, and you wander through the little, the little uh, cemetery that's uh, next to the church. And it's—I don't know—it's just wild, especially late at night. <clears throat> you uh, see about a little, lot of little headstones. Uh, sadly, a lot of short-term headstones, uh, little ones that passed, and and of course. Uh, animal burrows that go down into the ground or whatever they are maybe it's the spirits leaving but uh some strange things and then you wander into the church and the church it's just this pretty much the structure of the building and you you hear these rumblings you used to hear rumblings of devil worshippers and you know people going out there on halloween and seeing what they could conjure up and uh like i said kind of on a booze cruise so you've had a few um Not anything stupid, just a few to to lubricate the evening, I guess. And you're laughing and giggling and telling stories and and wandering through the church. And uh, this one night we happened to be wandering through the church and then we all dared each other to go into the basement where they had 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 satanic rituals. And there were pentagrams, of course, spray-painted on the walls. And at the time, what looked like blood on the floor and... And so we, we wander down into the basement and <clears throat> you know, not, and literally making sure you don't step on the rattlesnakes on the, the cement stairs. And so we, we walk down into the basement and, and there's just some debris and of course a couple pigeons fly up and you literally have to wonder if you have to go change your drawers because uh, literally scared the shit out of you. But uh, we're down there and all of a sudden we, we see out of the side windows some headlights out on the road uh, because this thing's about a hundred yards off the road. And you're like, ah, crap, here we are trespassing. So you of course don't want to get a ticket, let alone if you've been booze cruising. And, and, uh, so we wisely walk up the stairs and get in the pickup. And instead of going back the way we came, which is where the car was sitting was about, I don't know, 25, 30 feet back from the, the entrance to the church. We hop on the road and we continue South um, just hoping that they'll be fine with us leaving and we're just going slow because I didn't know if it was a cop I mean really you have no idea. You're not that close. and don't want to get that close. You don't want to know if it's a sheriff so just driving normal speed and we watching my rearview mirror and everyone else kind of looking out the back window watch that car back up into the driveway of the church and just sit there for a second and Then the headlights go off and so we're just laughing and and kind of you know Giggling lubricatedly giggling giggling, and uh, we're cruising and <clears throat> <clears throat> probably just 30 seconds but all of a sudden man, those headlights turn on and they're right behind us and I remember we kind of all wigged out and stupidly, it could have been the sheriff, but stupidly we start hauling ass, start driving as fast as we can and we kind of get away from them and there's kind of some rolling hills out there at the end and they get a little ways behind us and all of a sudden the lights go out again and so I slow it down and I I believe there was a second time where he was right behind us again just all of a sudden boom the lights kick on and god your heart just drops and you're thinking I'm either going to jail or to hell one of the two you know intimate death is coming very shortly so we uh we cruised on out of there and got out of there after hauling ass away from them but in the meantime, you, you wonder how, for one, this guy, I mean, he obviously knew the roads, whether it was a sheriff's deputy or, or the ghost of Adina school, knew like Christine from the old Stephen King book, knew how to drive those roads, those hills, and be right on our ass without having their headlights on and uh, giving some stupid, not even kids, stupid 20-something-year-olds, you know, the scare of their lifetime. And, uh, man, if there's no ghost of Adina school, that guy comes as damn close as it's possible. So, it's the ghost of Adina school.
0: Alright, so that was Rick's uh, story about Adina school. Yes. Now, you and I both try to look up stuff on the Adina school.
1: And you can't find anything. No. You cannot find anything. There are so many <clears throat> stories around town, Right. That, um, they're, they're pretty spooky.
0: It's, it's crazy spooky. I found a YouTube video of a guy who I was going to do like a ghost hunting episode there, but there's a lot of do not, do not trespass and yeah, don't absolutely. don't go trying to break an Adina School. That's yeah, I, I almost no, didn't put this right. on there because yeah. trespassing is against the law. So please don't do that. Yeah. Um, but there I couldn't find anything as to a tragedy or anything like that that happened at Adina School. No, but,
1: but I couldn't figure out why did everybody just leave. I mean, yeah. like you see all these just all of a sudden abandoned places did they just leave
0: just up and get out just yeah.
1: up and go um you know and the, i'd heard all kinds of crazy things about the uh, south there and i don't have any facts on anything it's just been a lot of i guess gossip if you will
0: right um it's a local legend it,
1: but it is scary out there especially right. in the dark there are no lights right and it is spooky out there right have been out there several times even during the day it's it's still a little daunting you have relations out there yes i have lots of family buried out there and um my great grandparents grew up out there and had a house out there and a lot of my other family is buried in that cemetery out there and there's actually um it's just one of those things that when you go out there even during the day, mm-hmm. it's still kinda
0: kinda freaky. Eerie. Yeah.
1: It it just leaves you with a uh
0: Right. There's a uh there's a Messix out uh out uh side of brush the yes. same way. I lived in Messix. Did you? <laughs> that church that's out halfway <laughs> yes. burned down, kinda crazy, yes. yeah.
1: Oh. Nobody's ever just in the neighborhood.
0: Right. Right. You never see no. lights on. It's nope. crazy.
1: Nobody's ever just in your neighborhood. Yeah, That's some I loved it and out there. Corn
0: shit out there. Um <laughs> <laughs> Although I did look this up. I started looking because I know I'd heard a story about this before. And I'd looked at the uh, – I found it. One, uh, it was uh, the North Carolina Phantom Driver. You can actually check this story out. It's a it's a road in North Carolina, and the, the story goes there was a bootlegger oh, yeah. running from the cops or from law and uh, head down a dirt road that was a dead end, a literal dead end. Oh, and really he sick. goes off the edge, kills him. So now they – I think it's – gosh, I don't think it's – it's October. Like every Monday of October, I think it said. They have tours out there, but there's been lots of people that have said they went out there. They drove all the way to the dead end, flipped around, came back. And this road has no outlets for miles, right? It's just, right. It's just, just one a straight ride. stretch. And they said that they, as they turn around, they get a little ways from that dead end, and all of a sudden a car will appear behind them. Oh, and this no. car followed okay. them. Like, and a lot of the reports said that when they were driving away, uh, they could hear the, the blaring the horn, but the horn sounded like it was miles away, like... Oh, Real distant, like, but that car is right on their bumper, yes. and just like Rick said, it's following them. So, it's,
1: yeah, that's creepy.
0: And I, I and there's also one in Georgia too. That's not a following car, but it's 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 actually interesting. If you want to look at the Georgia Phantom Driver on YouTube, yeah. you can check that out. Have you heard? You, have you heard about this?
1: I haven't heard about this one. I heard about the other one. Yeah,
0: with the bootlegger. Uh-huh. This one, Christine. There's a video of a cop, a cops, cam. Uh-huh. and they're following this car and all of a sudden it takes a left turn and the cop stops and there's a fence there and you can see the car on the other side of the fence jetting and it disappears so they've tried to recreate oh. this a few times to see how uh-huh. there's so no way this car should be able could to get through the pop. fence right short of some Batman shit where it mechanically comes down and well, comes and up they, like they're the Batcave sh- you know
1: dives up yeah right and um. there have
0: been people that have tried and they can't I mean they're so it's funny law enforcement's like I think uh-huh. we
1: saw a ghost and we were after a ghost, yeah.
0: So, this is the kind of stuff that's it's yeah. wild, and that's and you can look up the North Carolina uh phantom car, it, it's definitely interesting to read about. So, kind of something like Rick said, and who knows, maybe it it's was somebody explainable
1: stuff, yeah. It's you, totally unexplainable <laughs> when you try to figure out was that car really <laughs> there or was it not? I mean, right did my you know it, it's just unexplainable you right. don't have answers to it which right. is crazy
0: and i mean maybe it was just somebody that was that great a driver uh that did it without I headlights that's tough to that's tough to swallow uh, i think did i think rick's seen so yeah i think that something's out there that, i that think followed there me. is something you know? out there so and then there's uh, i see i am a full-on believer in all this stuff that's why i wanted to do this episode so yeah i i, I, I dig this stuff so uh, Rick Stroh that was a great story uh, that one was also yes. told on the podcast yes he uh, when I reached out he's like "You mind if I retell it I go no absolutely not I'll come back and retell it so and so, that was yeah. also filmed here at the club Tap Room. so all right next story
7: uh, uh, so when I when I lived in Texas for a few years uh, that's when my daughter's disability had kicked in and it was one of those things to where I literally thought I was gonna lose my my daughter And I didn't have anything else to kind of rely on or fall back on to get answers from. So I actually uh, went to a church for the first time ever in my life when when my daughter became ill. And uh, the pastor had told me, he says, you know, this this is actually a a spiritual battle that that you're facing right now. And I didn't think anything of it. And he said that he was going to come over to my house and bless my house and bless my family. And again, didn't think anything of it. And prior to this, I didn't have anything weird going on in my house. So the night before the pastor came to my house, um, I was out in my yard. I was taking some pictures of some equipment and stuff to sell because I needed money for a medication that was $1,000 a day for my daughter. And I was out there snapping photos of some stuff, and it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, so it's pitch black outside. And I'm also using the flash to see where I'm going. And all of a sudden, I hear this on the wall next to my, uh, my daughter's window. And so I'm t- using the flash, trying to see what the hell's going on. Didn't see anything. Go back inside, and I go to sleep. Um, as I'm sleeping, again, this is the night before the pastor came over, but he had made it clear he was going to come. And uh, I was in bed, and my girlfriend at the time, she was in bed, and the vacuum in the living room turns on. You know, and I wake up, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing vacuuming? It's like 4 in the morning, you know, and I look over, and I was like, holy shit, it's you. You're, you're here in bed with me. So I walk out there, and uh, the vacuum is just running by itself, and so I go up to, to grab it, and as I'm reaching out, it turns off. I was like, "Man, that's kind of weird, whatever. And as I turn around, it turns back on. So I reach back down, it turns off. I was like, just going to go to bed. You know, this is weird. So i go in my bedroom and then it turns back on again and it actually fell over on the floor this time on so i walked out there and i reached down to grab it you know we all say that we've had hair on the back of our neck raise up or we have had hair on our arms raise up my beard literally like pined out and uh as i grabbed that vacuum and i ripped the plug out of the wall my front door we had two front doors um the house used to be a diner out in east texas and one door the door jam was actually crooked because the house was on cinder blocks and so everything was just out of proportion never could open this door and that door swung open man like a just like a freight train plowed through my house and then my back door opened to the house directly across from each other so i threw that vacuum out in the yard and i was like i'm I'm done going back to bed so i slid the couch up against that door because i couldn't get that door to shut now and uh, next morning i got up and I was looking through my phone, or my camera at the time because I was gonna put these pictures on Craigslist. And one of the images I got was, it looked like fluorescent light bulbs. There was eight of them coming out of the ground perfectly straight and then they fanned out and then they all went into my daughter's window. And the pastor came over and he was walking around in the yard and he actually said, there's something right here on the outside of this house right next to this window. And so he did a blessing outside the house, he did a blessing inside the house. And for the next week, man, I had just consecutive things happening. I had candles exploding in my house, light bulbs exploding in my house. Um, We had animals, wild animals come into the house. So in East Texas, there's hogs and stuff. They would come onto my property and they would actually go to that corner of my house and they would die. So next morning I get up, I would have a dead carcass outside my daughter's window over and over and over again. Um, Before that, Her and I were trying to have kids many, many years prior, and uh, we had a bunch of weird stuff going on in the house. TVs would turn on, um, shower curtains would open up, toilet paper would just sit there rolling in the bathroom, and wherever we moved, it would always seem like it would follow us, and I found out that her herself, she messed with Ouija boards and stuff like that, and I didn't know about this up until years later. So we had all this weird stuff going on in our house, and we went to go see a, uh, a psychic, and I went there, and I'm like, this is all hocus pocus bullshit, right? And she says, I need $5,000, 100 roses, 300 candles, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, woman, you're crazy. I can't afford that. You know, I'm a kid, you know. So we went to another um, another uh, psychic down the street, and we sat down and I told this lady, and this is before my daughter was born, I know what you people do. I know what you feed off of. You feed off of my answers. It'd be like me saying to you, what do you do for a living? Well, I run a podcast. Okay, well, I'm think in the future you're going to be known for your listening abilities I'm not looking into the future I'm listening to you and feeding off of that so I said I'm not going to tell you what I do I'm not going to tell you my name we're not going to tell you anything you do what you do this lady brought up names from my past names of people that are now in my future and she told me she said you guys are struggling to have a child she says in one year no matter what kind of contraception you may use you will have a child She is going to be a woman of power. She's gonna bring your family together. And all I could see of this female spirit is hands. So my daughter, she has uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and her hands are the most swollen thing on her whole entire body. Um, I'd say probably 80% of my family stopped talking to each other. And once Zoe's disability kicked in, the family came back together. Um, But uh, it's, it's wild that the things I've encountered with her in my life that's put me in areas like some of the hospitals I've been to, um, you, you, you hear stuff in the corridors, you hear children laughing and stuff like that. Um, but creepiest thing I've ever encountered, man, was that vacuum. I mean, you you know, I've had spirits in a house and it's where you're like, I know it's friendly. I know it's okay. I don't, whatever, you know, but then every once in a while you get that feeling like there's, there's something here that ain't right. And that was definitely what I felt out there in Texas, man. And to be able to see these lights coming out of my ground and then fanning in and then having animals die right there in front of the house. The pastor saying something right here is affecting this kid. You know, it was, it was wild, man. It was wild. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was
0: Joe Share. You might recognize Joe Sher if you watched the podcast. He was last week. Um, by the way, Joe Sher is a great storyteller. He really is. He's a hey, very listen. gifted storyteller. But Yes. Um, that. I tried to look up animals being, like, sick animals being attracted to, like... Be drawn to. S- to, to. To evil energy or something. Yeah. I couldn't find much on it. Uh, unless something else was killing those animals. Like a chupacabra or well, something, you know. Well, but
1: they were, the animals were already on their deathbed, so maybe that was just a comforting spot.
0: Maybe so. I mean, you never
1: can tell, but... Um, the girlfriend messing with the our wife... It's your girlfriend and
0: wife. Uh, he says he's girlfriend time.
1: Girlfriend. Messing with a Ouija board, yeah, that's kind of. Um, not good. That's not something I want to mess around with or dabble in along with the psychics.
7: There's. Yeah.
0: There's another story here that this pertains to about Ouija boards and opening portals in your home. Yeah. And I kind of looked at and I don't like Ouija boards. I'd never used one, never no. will use one. I don't think they're something to be messing around with. Um, if you have one, keep it to yourself. I'm not a fan. <laughs> We're not
1: uh, friends. <laughs> right. And
0: I kind of looked up what it takes to close a portal. And uh, you, right. you have to make a pendulum. of some. It's got to be a weighted item on a chain. And you have to have some kind of healing energy. Is what a lot of the places said. And I don't really know what that means. Um, I looked up a... a I, I can't pronounce it. R-E-I-K-I. Reiki? 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 Oh, that, that sounds right. Reiki. Is that- Reiki. Okay. Uh it's a Japanese technique of soothing and, or relieving tension yeah. by laying hands on somebody. I'm not sure how that works, but that was oh. one of the the examples given on how to close a portal. So with Ouija boards, if you don't close them properly, and by that, once again, this I don't know this for a fact. This is what I've researched. This it's might not be true. So kinda... do not, don't use one in the first place, but if you do, <laughs> don't listen to me. Look up yourself. Yeah,
1: do your own homework. Yeah.
0: Um, oh. But they said you're supposed yeah. to go, you're supposed to, Tell the entity you no longer wish to have them there. And we you, are no longer friends. You know, go Time to go. And if they refuse, you're supposed to force the planchette, the little, uh, it's called the planchette, to the goodbye and then remove it from the board. And that's yeah. supposed that's supposed to break the, the connection. So... Once again, do your own research. Don't tell you, ah, Moose said this is how you do it. and then, so you know, Let's
2: all have a camp out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get
0: the Ouija board. Moose said you know, no. he knows how to stop this shit. <coughs> um, but that stuff is just inviting
1: trouble. Yeah. You're just, you're yeah. just asking. Let's not borrow trouble.
0: Because we talked uh, briefly while that video is going about psychics. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. You kind of said that you don't, you don't want to know.
1: I don't want to know. I, 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 I can't say I believe them. I can't say I don't believe them. I just don't want to know. I don't want to borrow any right. of that. Right. I just want to leave that wherever it is and right. not in my area.
0: If there's another pod, uh, if you podcast, I think it's episode five, six, Sean Kelly's episode, he has a story about, and I, I was going to put it on here too, it's very long. But uh, it's about his girlfriend at the time who was messing with tarot cards, and that's uh, when the shit yeah. in the house started acting up. You know, so
1: yeah, I d- I don't want to even know right. anything about whether they are real or not real. I'm just going to choose to stay in my lane, if you will. Right. I'm not messing with that. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, back to Joe shares. Um, that, yeah, that kind of stuff is crazy. And when you rent yeah. or you don't, any house I've ever been in, my mom is blessed. Yeah. Our my family's big on blessing a yeah. house before you live there so you know knock on wood yeah (laughs) nothing's happened so thank you mom and grandma so um Crazy stuff, though. But thank you, Joe Share That one was actually filmed at the Eddie's Bar in Akron. Oh,
1: very nice. Um, That's guess, a neat place. Yeah, it is a neat, really That's neat That's a really bar. neat place.
0: Um, very patriotic bar. Very cool. Very yes. very lucky to have something like that in Akron. And it, it's got a new uh, lunch menu, so check that out. Oh, very,
1: very good.
0: Very <laughs> go nice. eat lunch in Akron. I might do that one of these days. Should try it there for i I'm a foodie. Yeah, like me to too. i go there for lunch. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Have you been there for lunch?
1: I have not. Actually, okay. we've um, played pool down there, right. so... Um, I just go for the food and the tequila mm-hmm. and sit off on the side and mind my business.
0: Uh, we filmed the first round of uh, podcasts there, and she made Matt a burrito, so I think he's a oh. fan. I think he's going to Oh, very right good. There. Very yeah. good. But that yeah. was Joe Cher, Akron, uh, at the Addie's Bar. somewhere to definitely check out. And they've been in a lot of the podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, from Akron, we filmed at the Addie's Bar. So yeah. uh, thank you, Joe Cher, for sharing that. <clears throat> so our next uh, is Josh Finley uh he was fun to have on uh, at the end of this podcast after we get done with the last story i'm gonna put his he came on he had a funny story but i wanted this to be more serious uh, and he had two this this one we're gonna watch right now is a very serious one Very serious. so uh here we go this is josh Finley. this one was actually filmed at the brush Arts center also thanks again robert gifford it's so here a, we go
9: it's a true story it's a true story about some local uh with a local family um uh, my wife um uh, when she first started, when we first got together and she was uh, working for this uh, company we're working for now, she was in Greeley and uh, she works in a, an assisted living and uh, memory care uh, type building, um, but essentially it's it's end of life type situation. I mean, you're, you're, you deal in death, let's just say that, okay, and so a lot of times she comes home and she feels like, you know, there's energy attached to her, things like this, but uh, this particular time, she uh, uh, there was a family. The the mom was in the advanced stage of dementia and, and Alzheimer's. Uh, had been checked into uh, checked into the to the facility on the on the memory care side, and uh, they had two sons. And uh, one of the sons was going to college at the time. He had come home. Uh, this is about maybe a week or so after the mom had, had been uh, admitted into the memory care. Uh, son came home from college and uh, ended up shooting himself uh, while he was home on uh, on leave. And so, while the family's already going through some some issues uh, beyond what, what was what was there, now they have this to deal with as well. And so, uh, uh, you know, they, they have his funeral, they do the thing that they have, you know, whatever. And, and uh, about two months later, or so uh, the mom's getting ready to pass. It's her time to pass. And so uh, at, at the at the facility that they work at, hospice will come in and they'll just, you know, stay with you for the end of, you know, they have the chaplain come in, do your end of rye or go uh, ridge your, you know, last um, rites or whatever, you know, and uh, they have a hospice there. Well, the hospice nurse came in and, and uh, she called her husband and asked if he'd bring her some food for the evening because he, you know, she didn't know how long she was going to be there. She's like something to drink and maybe a little something to eat. And so he pulls up around the back side of the building and he knew kind of where she was at. He said, baby, she says, I'm here. Uh, you know, can you, can you meet me outside? And she's like, yeah, hold on just a second. And so while he's in the car, like she's still on the phone, he's in the car in the back. He said, well, who's in the room with you? She goes, it's just me and, me and her, you know, he said, there's a boy. He said, I can see him in the window. He snaps a picture with his, uh, with his phone, zoomed it in, snapped a picture with his phone and his wife comes downstairs to pick up the deal and he shows her the picture. And here's a, I mean, literally it's a, it's a, it's a, Outline of a, of a boy, a young man, in a football jersey. You can almost read the numbers on the jersey, um, but he's standing in the room with it. Well, when the family, uh, when mom had passed, the family was going through pictures and realized that all through their life, whenever there was a family picture taken, that he was always with her on her side of the picture all the, whole, the whole time. And so um, they feel like that he came back to help her over to the other side but literally less like I mean clear as day in the window you can see him standing there uh, looking out of the window and you know to this day it still raises <laughs> raises uh, the hair on my neck that type of situation man but it's um, it definitely probably one of the more freaky things I've dealt with nice.
4: but, thank you man yeah man so this is a
0: this is a great story um, yeah. it's it's, uh, it's I, I think kind of a good story that the the son was there for the the passing you know to kind of welcome his mom into the afterlife maybe i guess right Right. uh attached to him there's a part that i didn't understand that uh, i guess i didn't clarify when josh said it that they went back through all the pictures to see and he was always Mm -hmm. next to her
1: that he yeah that was kind of a shadow of him was it a or, ghost story of him? was he
0: alive that, just, always, was he was just always they were just they were close a, they were just yeah that i didn't yeah i couldn't did not, I, I, I didn't clarify i mm-hmm. apologize for that so
1: but the the, um, <clears throat> the figure in the window yeah when he brings her dinner yeah is I'm like okay wait a minute well that's uh, yeah that was it's crazy.
0: just me in here turn around you yeah, not in uh, there alone. I'm out the door. Yeah, I am out yeah. the door. <laughs> yeah. Real quick stuff. Uh, if it's a, I always get them mixed up. Malevolent or benevolent? Yeah, I benevolent's I, good, right? Malevolent's malevolence bad. The the um, bad guilt Anyway, m, if benevolent, I think is the good one. They're they the the peaceful. The B
1: is the good one. Okay. M is
0: malevolence the evil? The evil. Okay. If they're benevolent, so I, think, I, I mean, I you know it is with My mom. Uh, the house that she lives in, my grandfather passed away in. And I wouldn't be scared because he wouldn't hurt me in life. I wouldn't right. hurt me in death. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, that would never freak me out, something like that. But that was a great story. And then after we do our last one here in a couple, I'm going to throw Josh's other story on there because it, it was a funny story. It right? was a good one. It was yeah. about how he's a scared little girl times. I love you. I love you. I love you, <laughs> Josh. Uh, like that. uh, so, that's awesome. A great story. Uh, so, very good. Uh, our next one is uh, Kelly Paris, actually on the podcast, uh, obviously. Yes. and uh let's let's check out this let's check out the video. This yes. one this one was also at the Brush Art Center. So, yes. thanks again to, uh, Robert.
6: So, I'm going to tell you a story about a very entertaining weekend that we had at the Stanley Hotel. So, this happened must have been in late 2008, 2009 somewhere around there. And um My boyfriend at the time, we liked to go spend time at the Stanley Hotel just because it was fun and we would do the ghost tours and we would take our little EVP recorders and, you know, do that kind of fun stuff. And um, we get there and it's a Friday night and we're enjoying dinner and drinks in the little bar that they have and we decided to take an evening stroll throughout the... Stanley and the grounds and talked to a few people there about kind of some of the things that people experience. because it was not the first time that we had been there but it, it was just like the second time that we had been there so we weren't all too familiar with um, all of the fun stories and um, so we decided that we're going to just chill in the room or whatever and we'll get up the next day and we'll do the tours and all that fun stuff So we go to sleep and I start having what I think is just a strange dream because we'd heard stories about, you know, children making noise on the fourth floor in the middle of the night and all this fun stuff. So I thought I was just having a weird dream. Maybe I was thinking about that. So, um, I opened my eyes, I looked towards the end of the bed and there was a girl dressed in what I describe as like an Alice in Wonderland type dress with an apron and poofy sleeves. And she had her hair kind of down in front like this. It was brown and kind of curly with some braids. And, um, I was like, Oh, that's weird. So I just kind of rolled over and went back to sleep. And, uh, my boyfriend at the time, a couple minutes later was like nudging me awake. Hey, see what she wants. See what the girl wants weird so I opened my eyes again and she was on his side of the bed for a split second but she just kind of started to disappear back into the closet it was the strangest thing so just went back to sleep and next morning I I I, we wake up and I ask immediately hey do you want to talk about that girl last night did you do you remember that and he was so confused he's like well I thought I was dreaming I'm like, I thought I was dreaming. But then we described this little girl to a tee wearing just, it was like a blue hue. It wasn't any bright pops of color or anything, but she's definitely um, wearing a poofy sleeve dress. And yeah, so that was weird. So we go on about doing the tour that day and we absorb all of the Stanley Hotel things. And um, that night was Saturday night and... We had decided that we were going to set an alarm and get up at like 3 in the morning and go upstairs to the fourth floor where they have reports of hearing children doing, running up and down the hall and doing things like that. So we were going to set an alarm and we were going to do that. So we kind of enjoyed ourselves and went down to the dinner and all that fun jazz and we were watching The Shining in the room, you know, if they play that in the loop. Um, and some of the reports, we were just kind of talking about some of the things that we thought was interesting on the tour. And one of the reports was, um, like hearing phantom party sounds of like people in the courtyard having a party. So, um, as we get relaxed and get ready to turn in for the night, um, turn off the TV and, um, turn out the lights. I'm like, Hey, do you hear that? Nick's like, yeah, it sounds like a party. And I was like, do you think it's a phantom party? So then we look outside and no, there's a legit party <laughs> in the courtyard. So that was kind of funny. So um, we go to sleep. We set our alarm for three in the morning. I got the EVPs all charged up, recorders ready to go. Um, the alarm goes off. And so I go to wake up Nick and he's like, I'm not feeling good. I just really don't feel like getting up. Maybe dinner didn't agree with me. So he went right back to sleep. So I'm just lying there, kind of like trying to get back to sleep or whatever. And I start hearing the door. We were in room 311. i always remember that because it was the last room on the hall. And Nick's favorite band was 311. So we were excited to have that room. But um, it was like the exit. It had been snowing on and off, um, like the whole weekend. It was wintertime. And so it was cold. And I just kept hearing the exit door outside of our room slamming. And somebody running down the metal stairs. And then somebody running back up the metal stairs. And slamming and running down the hall. So I was like, if I hear this one more time, I swear I'm going to get up and crack some skulls. So it finally stopped. I went back to sleep around 5 in the morning. We get up, we check out, we do the late checkout, And I'm telling the lady at the desk what happened when I came out of the room. I looked and I was like, that's not right that's an emergency exit alarm will sound so i looked outside and there was like four inches of snow on the metal stairs nobody was slamming that door and nobody was running up and down those stairs it was the weirdest thing so as we check out i'm telling the lady this and she said oh that's a lot of we have a lot of people stay in the end of that hall having the same complaint and i was just like oh well alrighty then so that was our experience at the stanley hotel it's fun
3: Thank
0: you. Yeah. So that was uh, that was Stanley always comes up in these episodes. Yes. I think you know the Stanley is so haunted; it's so well known. And room three eleven. I try to look up three eleven. Nothing for that particular room. The rooms. I got little notes here. I, I wrote down uh, room two seventeen is the, from the nineteen seventy seven Shining. Yeah. The Shining. That's yeah. the room that Stephen uh, King stayed in. So that is like backed up for you. You can't even get in the room in Halloween. Yeah, everybody. No. It's got years back up uh, uh, room 401 uh, It's a cavernous attic uh, Female employees, childhood And nannies, or children, I'm sorry And nannies just stay So it's on the top where the attic Where they would keep all those people Right You know, and so they're it's Above spot. it, they hear stuff all the time 401 is definitely uh, that. And then room 428 is the, the, uh, the big bad one They said that uh, there's times there's a cowboy in the corner He's a friendly yeah. cowboy Just hanging just out Just hanging out and the crazy part about that one is above them, there's nothing, but you'll hear furniture moving, children running, all that and, stuff. And there's
1: absolutely nothing above
0: them. And the way that the, it's the described is the, the way the roof is sloped, there can't be anything. There's no furniture there's to move. There's nothing. Yeah, there. so you hear that. So uh, although 311 didn't come up, like Kelly said, uh, the, the yeah. children thing checks out up and down the hall. Yeah. Uh, outside it snowed. There was no snow, no, no, footprints no footprints or whatever. at all anywhere. That checks out. And then if you also Google uh, or YouTube uh, "white girl Stanley dress," a little girl in a Stanley white dress. They have a picture at the bottom of us. St- they're doing a little ghost tour. Yeah, and these people are taking pictures everywhere. And this one on the bottom step of this the big staircase. Yes. there's a little girl, a little, like just an apparition,
1: white, just standing there
0: of a girl white dressed dress. just like Kelly said. So, uh, something to definitely check out. So, yes. So, like I said, that was filmed at the Brush Arts Center. Thank you, Kelly Paris, for uh, sharing that one. Yes, also, if we do it next year, she's got a better story that she's oh, not comfortable with telling about yet. So, so yeah, that was a that was a great story from Kelly Paris. So not, and next year's, I hope she does tell. She told it to me. And I, it, it goes along the lines of portals and, and, uh, and Ouija yeah, boards. And, and uh, I was like, oh, Kelly, that's – and it wasn't even her. It was that roommate. That, that, you know what? We'll, yep, we'll, year, so.
1: we'll save that for next year. All right.
0: Yeah. Our last story of the day. Uh, another bartender of yours.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Someone who yes. Uh, faces this a lot, I guess. So that is, has dealt with stuff like this. Uh, Danny Ketchum. Uh, what's up, Danny? Uh, Hello. Yep. So this is a little longer one. Uh, I asked if they recorded at home because she recorded this one in a neighbor's garage that they yeah. do it right, you know, make it a little spooky. And she came through. So thank you, Danny, for going the extra mile. Um, yeah. Great story. Uh, Let's check it out. Here we go.
8: So, I have a ghost story for the podcast. Um, I'll start out by saying I am sensitive to paranormal stuff. I know it sounds really close, but I am. I've had something happen to me at every single house that I've ever lived at. And I just, I don't know, I pick up on it. I can see through filters. So like, I can see through, like I can see them through mirrors, stuff like that. So I had eight months of absolute health in my house. So, we lived at Masters right on that, on Highway 34. On the straightaway where there's a ton of wrecks constantly. So a lot of death has happened right in front of that house. So it started out that my daughter was three years old at the time and she asked me to put a padlock on her closet. Like she, she wanted me to lock her closet and I'm like, oh, okay, like I'll buy a new doorknob. And she's like, no, like a lock lock, like the master locks, like full padlock. And I was like, okay, that's what you buy. But she wouldn't tell me why. And I just figured little kids scared of closets That is what it is. And then little by little things just started getting weird. Like she would be gone to her dad's house and I would be home alone. And at first I started noticing that there was like massive piles of stitching, like stitching out of clothes, On the floor in my closet. I, I don't know why, like it was just weird. It would be like a massive pile where it was noticeable. And then next it was my clothes and my dresser were all messed up and i'm very meticulous about my drawers like it's by color it's by sleeve length and they just be all jumbled and it, it's not normal so i actually was like asking my husband at the time like what are you looking for like i don't understand why are you going through my drawers i would ask my daughter did you go through my drawers everybody said no there was like there was no explanation for why all of this stuff was going on and then after that so after that there was where i could see through filters usually this person i actually thought it was a real person the first time it would like jump scare me anytime I turned around a corner like walking into the bedroom anything going through a doorway it would just jump at me and scare me and then it would start screaming at me but I couldn't like I couldn't hear what it was saying but everything would just sound ecstatic and it would do it for like two or three minutes and then it, it turned into the point that like I would be in the shower and I couldn't see it at the time, but I felt the energy that it was that same person. It was trying to push me over in the shower. Like, the shower curtain, like, I could see a full handprint coming at the shower curtain at me. i like, it would hit me. i try to push me over. And so I reached out to my sister, and I was like, okay, this stuff is going on. Like, you know, we experienced this stuff at mom's house. What do you think? And she went and talked to all of her nurse friends, and they decided that I was absolutely nuts and needed to be committed. So she was literally talking to my entire family that I needed to be committed. Something was wrong. I was going crazy. And then finally, I think it was, yeah, it was the end. So I'm home alone at night, and my dog, my giant lab dog, which he was really good. He did not bark unless it was necessary. He attacked the window with the curtain closed. Like it literally sounded like somebody was outside of our window shaking the window frame. Well, prior in the day, my aunt had been over at the house. I had walked through the yard. She walked through the yard and went and gave our dogs outside treats and my husband at the time had gone out and fed him and everything before he left. So there should have been three sets of footprints in our yard. So when the dog attacked the window and everything, I thought somebody was really out there, like, trying to break in. I lived on 34. It was, we had weird people pulling our driveway all the time. And the cops show up. It was the crazy cops. They checked the entire perimeter, and we didn't have grass at the time. It was all there, and there were no footprints, not a single footprint, when there should have been three different sets of footprints. And the cop literally walked into the house, and he was like, are you sure that you don't have a ghost? I was like, well, I have thought about that already, but, like, really? And he was like, there's literally not a single footprint out in your yard. And the cops actually escorted me to really to my sister's house because I was so scared I was sitting in the corner with a pistol waiting for the cops to get there I thought somebody was outside so that happens and we decided to oh oh everybody thought I was crazy then too yeah I was so crazy and we were laying in bed one night and the head of our bed butted up to the wall that my daughter's closet was it was the wall to my daughter's closet my daughter was gone with her dad nobody was in there and we heard a <coughs> three knocks right at the head like right at our heads and my husband's like oh what I was like i told you so i'm not crazy so he pounded back three times it pounded back three times so i decided to go in my daughter's room Her closet is padlocked and i opened the padlock go in there there's nothing in there no reason that there should have been that pounding And so then I wasn't crazy, more people believe me. So that was good. But we decided to start researching paranormal investigators because clearly something was going on. So we found some guys out of Fort Collins that were related to, they were associated with the TAPS team, all the TV guys. And they came out and we started the investigation where we like spent like fifteen minutes in each room. They had cameras set up in every room. They had the EVP monitors. They had voice recorders, everything. One of the guys claimed that he got his hair pulled in my daughter's room. And then in our room they chose to ask if it follows me, which I was terrified and thank God I didn't respond. And then we went to the basement, which we had, like, the creepy, like, unfinished John Wayne Busey basement. Nothing. The creepiest part of our house, nothing. So then after that, we decided to go outside. Even our dogs went outside. There was no movement in our entire house. And we stayed outside for, I think, an hour and a half. And when we went back in, every single monitor on all of the cameras, when we left, the LCD screens were open. When we came back in, they were all shut. And then once they reviewed the footage, our baby gate that locked off the front area of the house to keep the dogs out there from the rest of the house, it just, for about five minutes, very gently swung it, fully locked. So you have to like push the buttons, everything to open it. No, it fully swung back open. Nobody unlocked it. So definitely had evidence that something was going on. And then after that, we chose to talk to a friend of ours that she is very in tune with these kind of things as well. And she happens to have a friend in California that is a psychic. And all she did was Google our address. And within 30 seconds of just Googling our address, she was able to tell us that our actual front yard was the original trail to the Rockies. And 34 was literally built to, like, mimic the the Rockies. But it was actually our front yard was the actual trail. And she said that all of those encounters that we had had, they were different ones. There were numerous because we had a portal in our basement that they could come and go freely. And the one that wanted to scare me all the time and he was trying to push me over and screaming at me all the time was actually an Indian that was angry about their land. Totally understandable. And then the other ones were just like kind of mischievous, messing with us. Like they didn't really understand what was going on anyways. There was a lot of death on that trail. And these people could just Go feely so who knows how many we actually had. And she also told us that um, to stop it, that we had to fully stage the house, and we had to have professionals come out again and close the And so we had the we had the house fully staged. And we never really could find anybody to close the portal. But the people that moved in after us, like, aren't necessarily as sensitive, so they haven't noticed anything. But I can still drive past that house, like, and I can feel the energy. There was literally seven crosses right in front of our house. So, even if it was, like, yes, it was the child of the Rockies as well. But I also feel like it's the tragic death that is happening on Highway 34. That is it's the worst highway ever, honestly. And it just, yeah, it was literally a month of hell. Like, my family wanted to commit me to a site they thought I was nuts. So, yeah, that's
5: my guess, right?
0: So that one, uh, kind of crazy. Um, 34 is well-known for people losing their life on.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh,
0: to, to this day, I'm 47 years old. And if I go to Greeley, my mother's like, you call me. When call you me. yeah yes. Yeah, um, And same with her. When she goes to any yes. kind of doctor's appointment. If you're appointment,
1: going that way, that check in, check in. Lost
0: a little brother on 34, you know what I mean? So it, oh. it, it, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's a crazy highway. And I don't know why. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, I, I think it's just because people are in such a stupid hurry, and yeah. and they're just not paying attention to it's what
0: they should be. Absolutely crazy, but uh, in in her story, um, people dying all the time. Now, take a step back, like on Rick's story, the Phantom Driver. You hear, you see stories all the time of people walking up and down highways like ghosts right. lost.
1: They're lost, and
0: yeah. and she had brought up. Uh, Danny, that there was a bunch of crosses in the road, you know. Yeah. And even if it was a trail, there's people who have died. So maybe those are just spirits, you know, that and are
2: right there, are yeah, confused
0: um, and lost and angry or whatever. So, uh, kind of a scary thing for her to deal with, you know, especially when you see stuff so often. Your, your family thinks you're crazy.
1: Yeah. Because you're yeah. seeing this shit. You're, and she says she actually sees them, not just can hear them or right. feel them. Right. She. Can actually see them. She's like
0: Haley Joel osman on the the Sixth Sense. You know, the little boy, I see yeah, ghosts. So, yeah, yeah, so she she says a few times that she's very sensitive to it. So she's kind of kind of a crazy story, Danny. So yeah, uh, that one was yeah, it was wild. It was absolutely wild. Right, so crazy. Um, yeah, some great stories. I really I really had fun with this. And i, I there's a few people. The Cage Brothers got to hold me. They, I couldn't get hold of them to do this again. Oh, okay. uh, there's been a, there's been four or five people, so there may be another one of these coming in November. Who knows? We'll see yeah. if it if uh, yeah. people if you yeah. have video. interest in uh, yeah. sending us a video, I'd love to see it. Uh, bullhucker.com, you can check us out there. Yeah, um, and you hit the contact form. You can get a hold of me. I'm pretty easy. I'm Larry Moose Lundstrom on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find and get a hold of. Uh, you, uh Christine Cast out come to the club tap room. Have a beer anyway. Come check out. Yeah. They've done a lot of great uh, uh, decorating for Halloween. They get into it here. That's why we picked this for the Halloween spot. Um, and let her know you know we can, it'd be fun And it, I just reached out to people that had already been on the podcast they kind of knew, knew what we do, uh, I, do I was going to reach out to the public but then I thought well we'll oh, see how this first one goes yeah. and it is a little bit of work but it's fun I've enjoyed it yes. I'd, I'd like the research behind it um, and also if you want to uh, follow us on thebullhucker.com little red button right on the right hand corner of the screen go ahead and hit that it's a uh, little click for you but a huge click for us you can follow us on the Bull Uh we're on Facebook uh, Instagram I've got a little TikTok going on. Um, Once again, you can also find all the stuff for the uh, Club Tap Room, Picking Out Barbecue, and the Brush Art Center in the description below. So you can check out those places. Please support them. Local businesses have done great to support a local podcast. So very much appreciate it, Christine. Well, thank you. This was a fun one.
1: This one was really a fun one. Yeah.
0: um, Um, We're going to do three holidays a year. Uh, This is the Halloween one. Uh, I'm also in, in uh, March for St. Patty's Day going to do a One yes. Time I Was So Drunk podcast. <laughs> so bring me your best drunken stories there, uh, podcast listeners. Uh, I'm, I'm, that'll be fun. Cause that I, one
1: will be hilarious. Because I think
0: you and I have been in that life long enough to where we could probably match any story you've got.
1: <laughs> we'll or, give it a shot. Or come damn close, sadly
0: <laughs> enough. And then uh, for the 4th of July, it'll be all veteran stories.
1: Yeah, that one will be amazing. So, if
0: you have a veteran in your life that has a great story, we'd love to hear it. Love to uh, have them on. Absolutely. Take a video of them. And it's any story they want. You know, it's, it's their holiday. So, yes. absolutely. So, hey, Christine, thank you.
1: Thanks. Have a great time. Yeah, thanks
0: for letting us do the club taproom again. We, we were here yes. quite a bit now. I like it. So, oh, good. And everybody do out there, you have a happy Halloween.
1: Happy Halloween.
0: See you next year. Bye. <laughs> No, 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 no. MUZMI cbb